You are listening to Seniors Junction Podcast. Your hosts today, Namrata Bagaria and myself, Paul Merkley, co-founders of Seniors Junction. Our special guest today is Dean Henderson. He is the Director of Client Experience, Education and Innovation of the Dementia Society of Ottawa and Renfrew County. Welcome, Dean. Uh, thank you for having me. Could you tell us a bit about yourself and your society? I, I'd love to. Um, uh, I guess the most important thing to know about myself is that I'm an occupational therapist by uh, professional background. Um, I, as you'd mentioned, I'm the director of the um, client experience, education and innovation at the Dementia Society of Ottawa and Renfrew County. Um, the, the Dementia Society is a nonprofit uh, that um, uh, supports caregivers and people living with dementia uh, and their families. Uh, we have a team of experts that are called dementia care coaches, uh, and they provide one-on-one -on -one support, uh, education, system navigation, um, uh, social and recreational programs uh, to our clients, again, who are caregivers, care partners, and people living with dementia. That's awesome. I think um, coaching is a very good idea to kind of help uh, have a good point of contact between um, the content uh, and, 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 uh, and the beneficiaries. So as he was talking, it was making a, an idea in my head. But before I deviate to that, I want to ask you, uh, given that you work with a population which has very specific needs and, and is high risk for isolation, what has been your uh, what has been your personal experience as a worker in this field on senior isolation? Um, great question. And I'm going to add a little bit to my answer first to what you said originally about the coaching. And we do know that research shows that uh, caregivers and people living with dementia uh, do better, uh, have better outcomes uh, when diagnosis is made as early as possible, and both are supported and stay connected in the community. Um, and so that's our job is to help support people, uh, whether you're the person living with dementia uh, or the family um, or care partner or caregiver uh, through, throughout uh, the the, the, not the journey, um, throughout uh, this experience. So we're there to, to be that go-to person along the way. Um, now, in terms of your question of social isolation, we, we do know that this past year and COVID-19 that the world has experienced has definitely um, Sean as a spotlight on social isolation and the challenges um, that people are facing um, uh, with this. And, and in our world of dementia and caregivers, um, it's really been, um, really been tough for our client population. Uh, not being able to have access to the services, the support, um, the respite, whether that's from a friend or a family member or um, an activity or a day program that people previously used to attend 
has been really challenging for um, caregivers and people living with dementia. Uh, and our community that we've stayed connected with over the past year and a half uh, and the clients, we've, we have seen people decompensate um, over the year because of being isolated. So the person living with dementia, maybe they have decompensated a lot quicker than they previously would have if they've stayed connected and engaged and had all access to all of their pre the, the service that they did before COVID. And then the caregiver uh, also, it, we're seeing experiences increased uh, um, burnout um, and, and, and distress because they have less access to support. I know, um, hmm. I know from the experience of watching my mother and keeping track of her, uh, she had Parkinson's disease. And so slowly had more and more cognitive problems and then eventually had terrible problems. But I know that um, as she started to have difficulty with cognition, she dropped some of her social activities. She'd been a hand weaver and very active in the guild. They do different things together. They do shows, they do workshops. They're in touch with each other. But when she didn't feel she could weave properly, she dropped that. And she had been in a church group. When she didn't feel she could contribute in the way she was, she dropped that. So I wonder if you've seen things like that. Ultimately, ultimately, um, she sort of fell off the, the cliff in a way with, with dementia and um, she broke her hip. And as you know, people who break hips and enter the hospital with dementia seldom get out of it. And that was the, how everything ended up for her. Uh, have you seen cases like that, thinking of a slightly longer term? And do you see that as part of the risk of social isolation? Well, thanks for sharing your story, Paul. That that uh, must have um, been a rewarding but also tough experience to support your mom. Um, so one thing that came to mind when you shared the examples of the, the meaningful activities that your mom stopped doing um, is that it, that is also a warning sign um, for dementia is that withdrawal from uh, activities. And that could be for, from a number of reasons. One, and one of the biggest reasons is stigma. There is still so much stigma around dementia across the world. And when you have some insight and you're noticing some brain changes, you really don't want people to um, know that you have some challenges. So the easiest thing to do is to stop doing that activity, whether that's going to a coffee club, a church group, um, or a, a weaving activity. Another reason could be is that that activity is becoming a little bit too challenging um, the way it typically is. And one thing that we don't, um, we could do better at across is how do we adapt that activity to, to meet the skills and ability of, of 
individuals, whether you're living with dementia or not. And so, uh, like one thing, yeah, I, I forget where I was going with that, but is is that there is is um, we are just as we are meant to be meant to move, our bodies are meant to move around. We're meant to be social, um, and we're and being social often means engaging in meaningful activities. And so, uh, just because you're living with dementia, uh, um, people ca people do can and do live well with dementia. And it's about modifying the activities um, to meet uh, their skills and ability um, and, and participating with them is, is, is what we try to encourage uh, and teach uh, our clients um, that we support. So we would say that the social connectedness and the shared purpose of the activities, of the meaningful activities uh, helps keep them in a better place, combats the, the progress of the dementia, gives them a better quality of life. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, we, we all, just like you and I, we were driven to do meaning, meaningful activities that we all find meaningful. So uh, just because someone has a diagnosis of dementia doesn't mean that they um, are not interested in meaningful activities. And, and that, um, if you do look at, at like sometimes the schedule of the care partner or caregiver and the schedule of someone living with dementia that they're supporting, the caregiver and care partner has uh, groceries to get, meals to cook, um, uh, errands to run, things to do around the house. And what does the person living with dementia have? Well, um, they're, they're getting up, they're eating their meals and maybe watching TV. And so what we're encouraging is like, they still, we need to find what is that meaningful activity uh, that they can do um, and, and to give them purpose, whether that is helping with folding some clothes or, or um, uh, doing some errands outside. We, we all need to have that purpose and meaning in our life. Um, and, and sometimes with dementia, that could be tying it back to who that person was, um, decades ago. So what was their job, uh, that they did for their entire life? Maybe that, maybe they were a professor or, uh, at a university and maybe the, a meaningful activity would be, I really need your help, Paul, to, um, go through all of these, um, papers here and mark um, mark these assignments uh, because that is a meaningful activity that you you did your entire life um, whether those assignments are are true or not it, it doesn't matter is it purposeful for that person living with dementia yes one of our ideas is that the resumption of prior activities can be very helpful for people can help them feel purposeful and, and connected and, and so, so we would also say the converse of what you just said, that social isolation and lack of purpose probably can accelerate the symptoms of dementia. Yeah, um, and, and I've heard some physicians talk about that as well, that, um, and, and we've, we've heard that from the caregivers that we support. The isolation over the past year, the person that they're supporting has 
um, progressed um, or decompensated over the year. So absolutely. Then from the point of view of demography, if you think of smaller families, uh, I have no siblings, and the displacement of people or the disbursement of people over Canada or the world, different cities where they work, and your mother is living in Burlington, and you're working in Ottawa, and maybe you have a lot of duties there, maybe you have a spouse who is disabled, uh, putting everything together, it's not such an easy thing, is it? No, it, it's tough. Uh, it, I mean, being a caregiver for, for any um, uh, disability or challenge is tough, um, and, and trying to maintain your normal act, uh, daily activities. Um, and it's something that we're trying, we're at the Dementia Society, we're always trying to figure out how we can meet our clients' needs. Um, so staying social uh, can be through many ways. It could be through a phone call. Um, and maybe that's a day every day, or maybe that's every week um, if, if you're supporting someone at a distance. Maybe that's a video call. Um, uh, maybe that's a letter. Uh, we, um, we've recently put together um, an activity, uh, a weekly activity schedule as a template for a, an example of what um, someone living with dementia could do for the entire week to try to keep put help um, figure out those meaningful and purposeful activities from um, engaging in you know maybe a morning prayer or um, uh, getting into um, maybe basket weaving or some. Uh, uh, folding clothes, but trying to help uh, to get into a routine and to engage in activities that give purpose and meaning. Thank you. I would normally ask you about your vision, but I think you've stated it very clearly. I'll go over you, Del Rada. No, no. I think I think the vision is very clear. They want to support uh, families where the caregivers and people with dementia have support and to the coaches and through, through aids like activity booklets, through you know trainings, through connections, through stories. And I, I follow them on Eventbrite. So they definitely have lots of events that are coming. Uh, so, you know, it's a great, like they have every week some or the other event and I, it's just delightful to see the, the breadth and the length of things that they have. So it's excellent. And my question to you is, uh, given that your vision is to support and be proactive, what are the challenges and what are the opportunities for you within those challenges? Uh, well, the when, when, when COVID happened, we pivoted everything to virtually. Um, and, and that was successful and it needed a need, but it also showed some gaps. So, Looking at the data, um, we we went from four webinars um, in a year pre-COVID to last year we had seventy webinars, um, and so we tried to have a topic topics that were pertinent and to help inform our community, um, and uh, so. 
so that was successful. We were able to expand our reach. Um, in terms of our social and recreational programs, so we have uh, a we have exercise classes uh, that were in person and now are virtual. Um, we had art classes uh, that were in person and now virtual and um, uh, music programs. So initially we put out some videos so that people could participate in the programs that they previously did in person on demand. And so they could be at home and watch uh, the exercise class or the art class and follow along at home. At the beginning of the pandemic, uh, the views on our on all of these videos were really high, and you could see as the pandemic um, or the year went uh, carried on, is the views started to drop each month. But our registration and our attendance for our live same program started to increase. So people got comfortable uh, and started to um, feel more comfortable to engage in an art program over Zoom or an exercise class over Zoom and participate live. So the opportunity <clears throat> is that um, there is, like we can stay connected. We've, we have to adapt and we can stay connected and engaged over virtually. However, we support a wide, a very large um, geographical area and many people in Renfrew County uh, don't have access to high quality internet and so, or um, and so they we are missing a lot of people uh, that previously used to attend in person um, and are waiting for us to return in person because they don't have access to um, technology or internet um, so that is one of the biggest challenges And so on this Friday, since the, we are opening back up to a support group in the park. Um, and so we'll be physically distanced, um, bring your own chair, bring your own water. But um, there is, it's, our, uh, it's already sold out because we can only have eight people. Uh, but these are people that have been waiting for a year because they can't access our support groups virtually um, or haven't wanted to. Um, another opportunity, uh, if I could share, is um, we're about to launch a program uh, in partnership with an organization called Connected Canadians, where, um, and Connected Canadians is a nonprofit that helps, um, uh, is a, has a focus on digital literacy, so teaching people how to use technology uh, as adults and seniors um, um, in this um, in the age that we're in. So what we're working on that uh, with Connected Canadians uh, through a CABI grant, um, Center for Aging and Brain Health Innovation, uh, is we're figuring out the name. So the name is boring right now, but a tablet lending program uh, for people living with dementia um, and this will be a data enabled tablet. So uh, for someone who doesn't have access to technology, we're gonna lend them a tablet. They're gonna get one-on-one -on -one digital literacy training support from Connected Canadians who are experts um, and then have 
um, support from a dementia care coach. So we've done the training to connect Canadians uh, so that they are aware and dementia inclusive. They're the expert in digital lit work together so that someone who hasn't had access to um, virtual programs now can. And maybe that is, they have access to our programs or maybe they're now are able to call their family member in BC um, and have a video call with a nephew or a niece or a son or a daughter that they previously couldn't. Thank you. What, what advice do you have for a company like ours? Um, uh, it's, it, that's a great question. So I think the advice um, or the question that I always ask myself are what do our clients need? And I think the advice is just always talking to whoever your client or your customer is and what is their unmet need um, and how can you fill that gap? Um, because we may think that we know what the answer is, but maybe it's not what your client or your customer wants. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's this popular phrase that um, is becoming more popular in, in healthcare or whatnot is, is co-design or co-creation. And so how can you to, to co-create or co-design your solution or your service. Thank you. And you guys do an excellent job at what you do. And I'm sure many people know about your organization. But if people want to find you, what's the best way to reach out to you and find your company? Um, that's a, uh, so we're, the best way to reach out to us is our website. It's dementiahelp.ca. Uh, we are on Twitter. We are on Facebook and um, LinkedIn and Instagram. Uh, and you could find our handles on our website. I don't know them off by heart. I, I'm a bad uh, director here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the best way is to, to go to our website um, and we're happy to help uh, support. You can get connected uh, in chat live to a dementia care coach on our website. Um, and uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're here to help. Um, and yeah. Thank you. Thank you. This is very educational for me, honestly. And Paul and Dean, thank you. I was mostly listening. I think this is one of the rare podcasts where I'm just on the backseat. So thank you for educating me. And I hope our listeners feel the same ways. And I really, really appreciate your nonprofit and such, such nonprofits, which really make a difference and actual difference in lives of many. So thank you so much for doing what you do. I wish you the best. And I wish we can support each other along the journey. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me and maybe one day I'll uh, uh, participate in one of your educational programs. Uh, sure, sure. Why not? I, Paul, I was going to say the, the class that I remember the most from my undergrad of kinesiology was history of rock and roll. So that's why I brought it up. <laughs> <laughs>
So, uh, <laughs> so if you're doing that, I'll sign up. Good. That's perfect. Awesome. So thank you again. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.